0: I have a serious question to start the show. This goes to everybody on the show, everybody watching. Bye from Studio 6B on a Monday, just getting the week started. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. So here's my question Who gives a royal hoot about these two uh, bozos on with uh, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey? Serious question. Do people care? Uh, you know what? I think some people do, but I wouldn't know any of them. I didn't watch one second of it. Not a second of it. <laughs> I saw this. This was That was a little weird. Did they know that um, <laughs> Bernie was there? Did they happen to know that Bernie was sitting mm. over there? I wonder. Ah. Yes, Bernie was there. <laughs> um, I guess he cared. Yeah, but I, I just I don't understand uh, what the big hadoo was about this whole thing. I mean, I heard some of the uh, clips. Is there anybody on the show who watched more than five seconds of it? Paul, Nolan, you first.
1: I didn't, nope, not a, not a second. You okay. couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me. <laughs> to, I mean, honestly, there's no dollar amount to get me to watch those animals. There's ten, no way. 10000000 million. I'm in.
0: Okay. Uh, Rick Delgado, did you watch even a—nice shirt, by the way. Did you, you watch
2: even a second of
0: it? Not even a second. Okay, Rick Delgado? Rick Amorati? Be, Rick yeah. Amorati. Yeah. For me,
2: it was a royal flush. I didn't watch it. Okay, Royal Flush.
0: Geo <laughs> uh, Fran here. Gee, did you watch the who uh, passed the tea. No? Fran, of course Fran didn't. I, no, no, watch I, what no. now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's in the control room with you, Gee? Uh, we got Anthony back. Oh, uh, Anthony's here. Did Anthony watch any of uh, the Hoo-hoo? I did not. Okay. So nobody watched any of it. And it's, but uh, there was all this talk about it. So I saw the clip of when she says that somebody was questioning the, how dark the baby's skin color might be. And besides the, um, the despicable nature of that, the whole idea of that someone would have that thought, I watched the edit, and now if you're in production, you notice this. They edited that terribly bad. Because they used cutaway shots of her just they taped reaction shots or they took reaction shots from a different part of the interview. Cause Oprah says Oprah kinda goes like, Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then she says something, then they cut back to Megan, and it's it's clearly not at the time that she says that question. Because she's like shaking her head. It's, it's it was awful. Unless I saw an edited clip, it was awfully edited. They used cutaway shots of her reacting to other parts that weren't where they used them. And it was clear, to me anyway. So, so, so it
3: was garbage is what you're
1: saying.
0: It was total garbage, and I don't, I don't understand what the big uh, to-do is with these two.
1: I can't believe anyone cares about the Queen whatsoever, the royal families. Are you kidding me?
0: I mean, there's a billionaire sitting there talking to these two like they're the, uh, they're the victims? <laughs> She's a victim? I mean, what... What is this? Yeah, uh, uh, so, so, some victimhood, huh? Some yeah. D, some D level actress marries into the royal family, <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden, woe is me. Yeah, really li- living in some big uh, fifty thousand square foot house in California now, and it's right. like uh, woe is me. Meanwhile, Get out of here
3: meanwhile she was she was nobody 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 knew who this person was am, am i
1: crazy so her, you, her only talent is pretty
0: <laughs> did you see the uh well seemingly yes because the video of um, harry at the um some awards show pulling up pulling bob Iger aside who used to i think it was bob Iger who used to be the president of disney <laughs> trying to get her a job, <laughs> saying you know uh, she really wants to get into voiceovers. <laughs> like, she's be
1: the, like she's gonna be the Little Mermaid, or something. Right. Yeah, know, yeah, she wants really... she wants to put that like million dollars with the rest of the royal crown. Right. She's gonna put that over there with the rest.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's right. video of there's video of him hitting up Bob Iger for her to get a job.
3: Wow. Oh man. Yeah, it's amazing too because you know, in a couple of years when all this wears off. Harry's going to be like that guy that went shopping with his wife saying, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go. It'll be great. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, we got to go. Oh, look at the time. Same thing if if you drag that same guy to a party that, well, his wife wanted to go to. All right, that's great. It's you and your friends. Wonderful. When do we leave? But he's going to get to that point, maybe in a year, maybe in two years, where he's going to turn around and be like, look, I got to get back to, uh, you know, real life uh, being royal because this garbage is not working for
0: me. So what you're saying is he's going to, well, he's going to need a lot of luck. Somebody nailed this um, about a a year or so ago. Cut three, G. Let me tell you who nailed uh, what Harry was going to need. Roll that.
1: I'm not a fan of hers. (laughs) And uh, I would say this. Uh, and she probably has heard that but uh I wish a lot of luck to Harry because he's going to need it <laughs> yeah so as usual so what's going on are they getting divorced no, no, no. not getting not divorced yet. they're not, just not uh, yet how yeah. is she a victim? What's what do we miss? What am I missing here? That's exactly what I'm asking. But what am what I what did missing she say? The, I play the clip. Gia, roll it. <laughs> no, we, the clips. We, we can't play Oprah's stuff with, Oprah would be in here shooting us in a minute, right? We'd yeah. be there's
0: it's no exactly there's no right,
1: using yeah. her stuff, huh?
0: No. Um I don't know. I don't get it. So we've already spent more time than I wanted to on it, but I just don't get what the whole I don't get the whole thing here with these two. So Um, Live from Studio 6P on a Monday, just getting started on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Lots of news. I'm going to spend a lot of time. I've spent a little time on this HR1, but I mean, it, it is, I mean, it really is such a disaster. What they're trying to push through here and how it just absolutely, I mean, some of the insane things that are coming from this. Um, we'll get to that. There's a piece by David Harsani in National Review, which I haven't gone to in months because, well well, you know why, because they're, they're just, I don't know, they're all over the place. But this is a good one. Pelosi's HR1 is an authoritarian outrage by Harsani, who writes great stuff. Uh, so we're going to get to that. But uh, Joe Biden was out there today, signing more executive orders. Um, this time, I think today, was on gender policy. Now, two uh. things. is I mean, could we think of a time that the president of the United States would be weighing in by executive order on gender policy, number one? And if someone's going to weigh in on it, is is is, is, uh, is Joe Biden some kind of... Um, He's a guru. You didn't know that? Yeah. Is he some kind of an authority on... Uh, Gender oh, yeah. policy? Oh, yeah. He sniffs them all. He, he can sniff them all out. <laughs> he, just, he just takes a little whiff. He tells you what gender you are. Well, Matt Margolis doesn't think he is from PJ Media. He says uh, on Monday, Joe Biden's going to sign yet another executive order. I think that's about 55 now. <laughs> I think we're up to about 55 executive, executive orders um, that will establish a White House gender policy council. <laughs> which will, quote, ensure that the Biden-Harris administration advances gender equity and equal rights and opportunity for women and girls. Now, just think about how idiotic that is, given what they're doing with gender to girls' sports. Right. What they're doing right now to girls' women's sports by allowing men who say they're women to play against them. And I didn't have time last week to get to the article. Um, I don't remember where it was from, but he said, you know what? Just If this is going to be the way we go, why don't we just make all sports co-ed, including professional sports? Let's just put an end to it and see how it goes. Why don't we just do that? Um, yeah,
3: we'll have all the guys who are in the uh, NBA G League. Now they'll play in the WNBA. So you can have no women anywhere in any sport. That'd be perfect.
0: That's just what they want. Right. But today, the Biden and Harris administration uh, advances gender uh, equity and equal rights and opportunity for women and girls. This comes after Biden signed this executive order on his first day in office that effectively destroyed girls sports. Here's how the White House says the council will function. The council will work in coordination with the existing policy. Councils to advance gender equity and equality, including by... Okay, ready? Here we go. Make a list. Combating systemic... There's okay, your favorite word. Everything is systemic <laughs> in this country. Everything. Uh, combating systemic bias and discrimination, including sexual harassment. Hope the governor of New York's paying attention. I think he's on the council. Yeah. Increasing economic security and opportunity by addressing the structural barriers to women's participation in the labor force, decreasing wage and wealth gaps, and addressing the caregiving needs of American families and supporting care workers, predominantly low-paid women of color. Number three, ensuring access to comprehensive health care and preventing and responding to gender-based violence. Oh. Number four, promoting equity and opportunity in education and leadership. Just if you know what that means, just let's write me on either the, uh, uh, the live from com is live tonight. There's the chats there as well. I think we have a Discord or something over there. You can just write, go to live from com and you just write me what that means promoting equity and opportunity in education and leadership, um, advancing gender equality globally through diplomacy, Ooh. development, trade, and defense and by recognizing the needs and roles of women and girls in conflict prevention peace building democratic rights respecting governance global health and humanitarian crisis and development assistance again <laughs> was that, get to the site wait wait just wait. give it to me cuz i don't i'm not smart enough yeah, to understand was this. That just Give it to just, me in english right, was that was that like just every
1: buzzword yeah. rolled into one yes, sentence exactly <laughs> That's exactly like right. that was just one sentence,
0: was it, Wow. That was one long sentence,
1: yep. Wow. That was a run-on sentence. That was a run-on, yeah. The,
0: um, <laughs> the Obama administration also had a similar body called the White House Council on Women and Girls, and we all know how well that turned out. Not good. In May of 2016, the Obama administration declared that the Departments of Justice and Education would both, quote, treat a student's gender identity as the student's sex, for purposes of enforcing Title IX and issued a directive to all public school districts in the country to allow students to use the bathrooms matching their gender identity. So under Obama, schools had to let boys use girls' bathrooms and uh, vice versa or risk losing Title IX funding. If you were a boy and wanted to get a peek at girls changing in the girls' locker rooms, well, you could just claim to identify as a girl And the school would have to oblige or risk losing their Title IX funding. If you were a mediocre player on the boys' sports team, you could identify as a girl and get to play on their team. And then crush the competition. Thanks to Barack Obama, the school not wanting to risk losing their Title IX funding would have to oblige. The New York Times noted that the Obama administration directive didn't have the force of law, but it, quote, contains an implicit threat that schools did not, quote, abide by the Obama administration's interpretation of the law could face lawsuits or loss of federal aid. So basically, blackmail. We'll continue with this when we get back on a Monday. Live from Studio 6B, just getting started. Lots to do. Glad you're in. All right, live from Studio Six B, seventeen past the hour. Real America's voice. Glad you're in on a Monday. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to do sports. Big sports weekend. I watched a lot of um, watched a lot of sports this weekend. Yeah, busy. Yeah, busy. Uh, watched UFC on Saturday night. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't watch any golf though. I have no idea who won the golf. So I'll look. No, we have that, to- Big D. I have okay. a good report for you. I'll look it was a good finish,
1: that. huh? Yeah. Exciting finish, right? Barry. Okay.
0: Uh, so just back to, because Joe Biden was out there today. By the way, I've got some great crazy towns today. We've got some clips. I guess it seems now that um, he's decided he's going to do a press conference. And as I tweeted, please uh, get me my popcorn and my um, translator <laughs> so I'll be ready to watch. Uh, so just back to this from PJ Media. So, um, The New York Times noted that the Obama administration directive didn't have the force of law, but it contains an implicit threat that schools did not abide by the uh, administration's interpretation of the law could face lawsuits or loss of federal aid. From the get-go, this was a gross overreach. Title IX only makes reference to biological sex, not gender identity or gender expression, ergo, Obama's decree amounted to rewriting Title IX without Congress's approval. Of course, he did that a lot, right? I mean, he um, did that with Obamacare, made a. And then, of course, he got help from who else but John Roberts, uh, saying somehow there's some kind of a tax. Um, he did that a lot, going around Congress, rewriting things, uh, executive fiat, government by executive fiat. And we're seeing that again with Biden as well. So. Um, Obama intentionally treated sex and gender identity as the same thing in order to redefine a decades-old law when it suited his needs. Joe Biden's gender policy council will no doubt bring back this nonsense. And yet at the time, it was justified for being fair and equitable. Quote, I think that it is part of our obligation as a society to make sure that everybody is treated fairly and our kids are all loved and that they're protected, and that their dignity is affirmed, Obama said at the time. You see how that all works? What about young girls who didn't want to share bathrooms and changing facilities with boys? Their privacy, their dignity, their concerns, obviously, I guess, are not relevant. The fairness for girls who spent years training and competing against other girls, now suddenly competing against biological boys with physical advantages over them, Well, I guess that's not so relevant either. Another Biden executive order, because when you sign one, why not just sign two, (laughs) will direct the Department of Education to, quote, review all of its existing regulations, orders, guidance, policies for consistency with the administration's policy to guarantee education free from sexual violence, focusing in particular on Title IX regulations issued under the Trump administration. Perhaps Trump's biggest regulatory influence when it came to Title IX was restoring the original intention of the regulation, oh, God forbid, which barred discrimination based on sex. Under Barack Obama, the regulation was illegally expanded via executive action, of course, to include gender identity which resulted in the Obama administration threatening schools with loss of Title IX funding if they didn't allow boys to play on girls' sports teams or use girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. The Biden administration is all but certain to restore the Obama-era expansion of Title IX to include gender identity, which would empower the government to threaten schools with pulling their funding if they don't allow boys to play on girls' sports teams or use girls' bathrooms and locker rooms. Yet the White House claims these executive orders focus on uplifting the rights of women and girls in the United States and all around the world. Well, tell that to girls forced to compete against biological boys who fail to qualify to compete or get scouted by colleges because biological boys dominate their sport. Make no mistake about it. Like Obama before him, uplifting, quote unquote, women is not the goal of Joe Biden. Placating to transgender ideology is exactly what he's interested in doing. And that's exactly the case. Yep. This is stunning.
1: Very true. It's just so insane. Come on. This is the ultimate the emperor has no clothes. I mean, this is normal. This, is, this makes sense to anybody. No. But and it then doesn't if matter. you say it's wrong, that you're a bad person. Yep. This is just what a mind f. Well, this this is how they
3: they break you, right? Isn't this isn't this what they they do? They they just continually bombard you, with bombard you, and make you think that wait, am I the crazy person here? And the media
1: is all on board with it, right? The ultimate right? gaslighting, right? They just so, the lights aren't dimming. I swear, right?
3: So anytime you you tune into news or something, oh my goodness, there it is. They they throw it in your face, and <laughs> they pound you over the head in, with it until till the point where you're just like, I guess that's, I guess yeah. it is. I give up. I, I guess right. you're not peeing on my leg. It really must be raining. Only on my leg.
2: Rick, Slick, right? Slick yep. Rick, it's, I give up, right? Yeah, I give up. That's it. I'm I'm done. I can't fight it anymore. It's, it's, I can't you get, fight yeah. your
1: insanity anymore because right. if I keep fighting with and someone you're a bad who's guy insane, if you fight.
2: The, someone who's observing
1: from the outside doesn't know who's insane. You know, nah. if you're in fighting with a lunatic, the someone from the outside can't tell who's the lunatic, so right. just you can't fight. Just I like, give up. You win. Yep. You win. And that's it. That's how they keep beating normal people.
0: And the thing about it is they use this language, they say, Well, we want everybody to be loved and welcomed and this and that and that. You know, I don't I don't think there's anybody who doesn't welcome love or say if whatever makes you feel most comfortable in your skin is we're all accepting of that. Yeah. I'm not accepting of you telling me though that you're a girl. When bio- biology tells me you're not a girl, and if you now you can dress like a girl and do all, uh, uh,
1: no problem. And you can identify as a girl for all I care. But when it's mandated on my daughter that some dude is in the locker room with her, right? Or taking her, sp- like it's a, none of it. May, it's just it's it's yeah. insanity. Yeah, it's
0: total insanity. And if you, and you, like you said, if you don't, if you don't play along with the whole thing. It's like me going to the over 55 at 40 and saying, well, no, I want to live here. Well, I identify as 55. Well, no, you're not 55. No, that doesn't matter. Yeah, It doesn't matter. Let me in.
3: Science science doesn't matter anymore. Right. It's all about feelings and emotions.
0: Right. And this is what I believe. Well, that's great if you believe it. No Nobody facts, else does. No facts, just feelings. And right. as Ben Shapiro famously said, <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. But the problem is people care more about their feelings than they do the facts, especially when it comes to this. And don't you love how it's all science and biology here? But uh, when it comes to abortion, it's not. There's no biology. There's no nothing there. There's no science there. There's no biology there. There's no anything. So it's just check your brain cells at the door, like most things.
1: You can say the same thing about these vaccines that are going to be mandated And they might not be government mandated, but if you want to participate in society, you're going to need your vaccine. You know, got my, you know, things are opening up, sporting events. Can't go into the sporting event without your positive. Look, I'm I'm negative. Right. Without your papers. And it's just a matter of time before the top 50, 60, 100, 200 major corporations are all getting some kind of government subsidy kickback, something or another. That makes it so they all work together and they conveniently roll out this COVID pass for your convenience.
0: And by the way, you're going to be getting booster shots every year too. get ready for that. After the vaccines, it's going to be, well, did you get your booster if you want to get on this plane or you want to come to this oh. or you want to go to this concert? Never because ends. there's variants coming. Remember, as I told you on Friday, we t- discussed that.
3: Yeah, and again, with the pharmaceuticals, let's face it, if the government is mandating it, there you go. You got your, your, your client base. It's already baked in. Yep. You don't have to worry, really worry about selling too much anymore because they're going to force it on you. Yep. And if they can force this one, what else can they force
4: on you?
0: All right, so we're going to spend some more time on um, on HR one coming up. We're going to do news with Paul. We're going to do sports. Lots to do. Crazy towns. All kinds of good stuff on a Monday. Real America's voice. Glad you're in. If you're with us on social media, stay with us. We'll be with you right now during the break. For those of you watching on Pluto or Dish Network, we're back in three minutes. Right, live from Studio 6 B, 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Lots to do. A couple of things I want to get to. We're going to spend a lot of time on HR1 tonight. And I also have something from Yahoo Finance on U.S. inflation. Uh, expectations hit decade high as yields resurge. We've talked about inflation, uh, not a lot, but quite quite a bit on this show um i'm not like wearing you out with it but uh, there's just no way it's not coming you see what's happening at the pump already Oof. it's coming and when yeah. it comes it's it's hard to get it back in the bottle as i keep telling you so we'll dive into that a little bit as well but uh, right now, let's do some news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr.
1: Nolan? Well, Dr. Seuss is still in the news. Uh, eBay this week is working to purge from its service the list of six disputed Dr. Seuss books, even as it continues to allow the listings of sales of works such as Hitler's anti-Semitic Nazi manifesto, Mein Kampf. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, they can't. This whole story is crazy unto itself. Dr. Seuss Enterprises announced this week that it would cease production of half a dozen Seuss books that claimed to contain hurtful and wrong portrayals, including a picture of Asian men and at least one using the word Eskimo. Uh, eBay shortly thereafter announced that it would be scrubbing listings of those books from its online marketplace. Copies of the discontinued children's stories were being listed and sold for significantly inflated prices following the book's cancellations. Uh, the Internet Bidding beh- Behemoth uh, said um, this week that they're currently sweeping the marketplace to remove these items uh, as a spokeswoman uh, repeatedly admitting that the total purge of titles will take some time. You know, I'm, honestly, uh, you know, some of the other books that, that are still there, which I can see. Mind Kampf, I think, is just a must read, in my opinion. It's not, you know, that would be like next thing the Google Archipelago. They're going to take that down. They can't take these things down. We have to learn from this. But I can see some people being upset about uh, a book that's still on there called Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Are you guys familiar with that? No, no. No, You've never heard of that? I missed that one.
0: Yeah, I missed that one too.
1: Well, do you guys need to take a glance at this? I bet you the audience is very familiar with it. This is a book that has you know, really been um, in a lot of the, I guess, conspiracy rooms. It's really interesting the way it's portrayed as a conspiracy theory because it is um, really a dark, ugly look at jewish people throughout history and the fact that this is still on ebay is relatively stunning to me it's uh it's It's
0: on ebay or it's on amazon what's the story the story is is about about ebay
1: there's ebay there's no way this is on amazon i would bet anything it's not um but but who's uh, purging
0: the the dr seuss amazon
1: this This is ebay eBay.
0: oh ebay ebay
1: but i think amazon already has but eBay, there was, you know it's a little more, it's a little less, uh, I guess mainstream, if you will. There's you know much more of a used market there. Um, it's uh, they, they yanked all those books. So yeah, but people are buying them up like crazy.
0: Well, yeah, I showed you the um, I showed you the graphic that um, it's number one, and it was every Dr. Seuss book was yeah. number one. Yep, all the ones they named. I mean, pretty soon we're going to run out of things to cancel or purge or, I mean, Dr. Seuss, the Muppets, uh, Bill Sesame Street, all of the, we went back through the, obviously all the statues, all of the, um, you know, we've had, we've had um, Democrats proposing the Lincoln Memorial, the um, monuments, the, I mean, what, what, what's, what the hell's going to be left for, for kids, the next generation to learn from? Well, they, because the Democrats don't want them to learn anything. They just want to know that we're in charge. Uh, the Democratic Party is the party of, uh, it is the government, and you don't need to need anything else.
1: Right, it's the Politburo. Correct. Yeah, it's, uh, look, the, eventually there'll be, the only thing you'll get to read will be the 17 or 18 paragraphs that the priests, you know, from the temples of, of you know, you know, the you know, Mount, UN here you can read this today you can read this today you know it's going to be you know it's the same dystopian stuff we saw in every other one of these books that it's just happening it's happening before our eyes it's it's insane because we learn we grow from these things you know we learn from we look back we see some of the things that were done with buckwheat and you know and stymie and you look back on it, and you be like oh my god man. that's how it really was yeah and we learn from it and we feel the shame and the pain and the understanding, and we get better. We evolve. This whole thing is is, is heartbreaking to me that we're not using these as learning tools.
3: Well, I mean, I mean, just uh, what was it about a week or so ago? We we were ba- they were banning Mister Potato Head, you know? Yeah. A- and I made the joke about Pepe LePew, and guess what? He's now on the chopping block, as well as uh, Speedy Gonzalez and and uh, his buddy Slowpoke. So. You know they're coming. In. They should just at this point. I mean, where does all this stuff come from? It's coming from Hollywood. So why don't we just cancel Hollywood? Nice. There you go. I
2: like that. Idea. I like cancel that Hollywood
3: one. because they're producing all the garbage that, that right. is now considered. Oh well, now we we're not allowed to listen to it, see it, <laughs> or, or read it. It's all coming from Hollywood. So they're the problem. Why not just cancel Hollywood? There. No more celebrities.
0: I like it. I'm I'm on board. That's where
1: they're going. All right, let's do it. Where do I'm we start? How do we sign up? Start a petition.
0: Start a Discord. All right. What else is oh, um <laughs> What else is going on in the news?
1: So, uh, prisoners to be eligible for <laughs> this is instead I don't know what's funny. Prisoners to be eligible for fourteen hundred dollar payments on the latest relief package. Uh, the Senate recently approved Democrats $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package, which includes $1,400 checks for eligible individuals. But some lawmakers are displeased that prisoners will also receive the monetary payments. The package, which cleared the Senate on a on a party-line vote Saturday, must still be approved by the House prior to heading into Biden's desk. But according to Fox News, inmates will be able to receive the individual payments under the legislati- legislation legislation as they were on the prior coronavirus bills, which included $1,200 and $600 payments uh, to eligible individuals. Um, Senators uh, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Ted Cruz of Texas, Tom Cotton of uh, of Arkansas offered an amendment to the current stimulus bill uh, to bar federal and state prisoners from getting payment, but it failed on a tight 50 to 49. We'll be seeing a lot of that coming up.
0: now I thought Cruz and Cotton had uh, also put th- forth an amendment um, for illegal aliens. I didn't yep. realize it was for, um,
1: and they did prisoners. that as well. That also failed. From, that's not in this story. That also failed, fifty to forty-nine. Did it not?
0: Uh, I, the last story I saw say that it was proposed. I didn't know if it was voted on. I mean, but certainly pr- wouldn't surprise me if it was voted down.
1: At this point, why don't we just send the checks to Mexico? Don't even come here. Here, we'll give you fourteen hundred to stay home. <laughs>
0: stay
4: home.
1: <laughs> we'll just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can it, buy
3: it, a whole lot more tortillas with that. Oh, uh, Rick What Rick I just had that last Rick.
1: night. We we, <laughs> we're, we we're gonna get canceled on that one. Well, but he's well, right.
3: But that's that's.
1: But seriously, Ooh. just send the money there. If those people need the money. Just stay home. We'll give you the money, and then the cartels don't get to trade you on the slave block. Well, you we know. went over
0: that on Friday, right? Right. Big if, business.
1: Yeah, thirty five hundred for a Muslim, fifty five hundred for a Russian. Guatemalans were yeah. only twelve hundred. They gotta Brace, be
0: pissed. Bracelets are everywhere, right? And it's big business at the border. And it's just—I mean, it's just—the border is becoming now. I saw an article today that even some media and Democrats have to start to acknowledge that, um, that the border is a disaster. And as I told you, we're going to reach 100% capacity in some of these quote-unquote housing facilities there, or whatever they're called, by the end of the month, if not earlier. And um, Homeland Security... Mayorkas is in the briefing room telling us, no, 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 it's not a uh, – no problem yet. Meanwhile, Jay Johnson, who was there under Obama, said anything over 1,000 a, a day is a, is a disaster. We're at three or 4,000. This is Obama's own secretary saying this. So, you know, th- this administration, what is going on in, in their willful blindness of what is going on at the border is a um, – is a total disaster. 94, 95% capacity, soon to be 100. More kids than we've ever seen. And they try to justify it as somehow it's uh, with this righteous, um, what they're doing at the border is somehow righteous and, uh, you know, again.
3: And and decent. And we're just supposed to sit back and take it. And, uh, you know, it's ridiculous because let's face it, it, it's almost as if, I don't know. Is this more of a a Bernie Sanders uh, type of deal than than a Biden type of deal? Does it feel like it's more lurching that way as opposed to, you know, the 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 regular liberal Democrat to like the radical Democrat, the leftist that that really wants to just destroy the entire uh, the entire country, the entire system, try to overwhelm it,
0: flood the zone, so to speak? Well, I told you on Friday that Axios had gotten this um, leaked internal documents from the Department of Health and Human Services. And basically, it showed how quickly these nu- the numbers is becoming overwhelming. And from the article, it says, the week ending March 1st, the Border Patrol referred to HHS custody an average of 321 children per day, according to documents obtained by Axios. That's up from a weekly average of 203 in late January and early February and just 47 a day during the first week of January. Geez, what was the difference then? The same document says the shelter system is 94% occupied and expected to reach its maximum this month. Meanwhile, some of President Biden's top officials responsible for immigration policy are planning a trip to the U.S.-Mexican border, uh, possibly over the weekend. The influx of unaccompanied minors is a mushrooming problem for the new president and his policy and social welfare agencies. Behind the scenes, HHS has already moved to open overflow shelters and to increase the speed of which it releases children, the caretakers, to caretakers already in the U.S., so what's happening is these parents are sending these kids, whether it's with coyotes or by themselves, ahead knowing that the kids are going to get in after a certain number of days, and then what happens? You have chain migration. And then the parents come along, and, oh, my kid. Yeah. And that just, it just continues to roll and roll and roll.
3: Yeah, but how, how is a 5-, 7-, or 10-year-old kid supposed to survive like like you're, you're talking about change then then the parents are going to come along what do you mean the parents are going to come along they they jettison this kid go see you later um are they really gonna are they really gonna make it or are they just gonna be like well you know hopefully they start sending us money back well because when you that's a lot what happens is they send these teenagers over to work so they can send money home
0: when you know the new policy is they're not going to send the kids back, and then here you come along, and what happens? Then all of a sudden, you've got the kids, then you've got the parents, and then you're going to have whoever knows who, have, who else after that. So then there must be somebody on this side who's gathering up all these kids to hold them till the parents get there, right? Well, they're uh, holding them in these places. That's why they're almost over capacity. They have more kids now than they've ever had before. Right, uh, but uh, I thought they were supposed to release them after a certain amount of time. They're supposed to release them after a certain number of days. They're not doing that. They're holding them way longer than they're supposed to legally hold them. All right, if you're on social media, stay with us. Back with sports right after this. All right, live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. Time to do some sports, and here with that is the man in the purple suit.
2: Prince-like, I'd uh, say.
0: uh, Prince purple tonight. Yes. Rick Amorati, what's going on, pal?
2: All right, Big D. Busy, busy sports weekend, like you said earlier. Got a lot to get to, so let's jump right into the NCAA right now. We got some tournaments going on, Southern Conference Tournament, MAC Tournament, and the Horizon League Tournament, as well as the West Coast Tournament, and the CAA Tournament. And Big D, your old alma mater was playing tonight. Uh, So uh, UNCG, 57-53 over Mercer. That's in the second half right now. uh, And uh, Consistus over Ryder, 67-59. Gonzaga plays at 9 o'clock tonight. We're going to see them take on St. Mary's. That should be an interesting game. Um, and Hofstra, Big D, they lost to Elon 76-58. to Your alma mater did not pull it off. Big D used to play for Hofstra back in the day. And... uh uh, the, no, no comment. Horizon League uh, tournament right I mean, now. Is there, is there
0: any other information you'd like to offer up about me tonight that I could give you, Rick? I mean, do you want to like... Uh... The Flying Dutchman. Okay.
2: All right. And uh, Cleveland State over Milwaukee, 71-65. That that just went final. Uh, App State over Georgia State, 66-53. And good game in the Summit League tournament. Oral Roberts, 90. And South Dakota State, 88. That just went final. Good game. Two-point game. Uh, a couple of the games on later. North... Uh, uh, Dakota State and South Dakota, they take on at 945 and Drexel takes on Northeastern at 930. NHL action. Uh, just one game actually live right now. The Wild over the Golden Knights, one nothing. There's five other games that start at 9 and 10 o'clock. I'll have an update on that in the next sports segment. Breaking news just before we came on to the uh, show this evening. Uh, Ian Rappaport and ESC ESPN's Adam Schefter both reported that Dak Prescott has officially signed with the the Dallas Cowboys as their quarterback back with the team full terms on the Dak Prescott contractor as follows four years, $160 million up to $164 million with incentives. He gets a no trade clause, a no tag provision and the guarantee is $126 million. And that's a massive guarantee. You don't see that too often. Uh, Plus a plus the uh, no trade and the no tag Cowboys are really putting themselves in a tough position four years from now, but they've moved forward. So no tag for Dak. Dak is uh, had 160 TDs over five seasons. Again. What's that? How about you, D? I would have tagged them again. At yeah. 37, I would have 37 million. So too. I would have tagged them again. Yeah, they would have saved three million if they would have tagged them really. And if they and if they didn't How sign so? them, then next year's tag is 50 million.
1: Yeah, but Ob- so you tag them this year, and now you're not guaranteed for four years. They're on the hook for
2: a lot of dough, especially if it gets hurt again, and they can't trade them? Yep, and he just came off a horrific uh, injury, like you said, Paul, yeah. it's hurt him. Yeah, That's and let's see that he can
0: actually throw the ball to the guys wearing the same
2: uniform that he is wearing. Yeah. So Cowboys, uh, they got their work cut out for them, but they signed, and that's that, so they're moving forward. Uh, Round two, Arnold Palmer, actually, invitational, presented by MasterCard Scores. That is actually a final yet on Sunday. Great, great match. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, with a four-day 11 under for a 277 total, took the Arnold Palmer. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau received a text message Sunday morning from the Tiger Woods. To keep fighting, good advice for a final round that turned out to be the toughest at Bay Hill in 41 years. DeChambeau needed every bit of that on Sunday to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational, playing the final 17 holes without a bogey, entertaining thousands with another monstrous drive over the water, and delivering one last par with a five-foot putt on the final hole for a one-shot victory over Lee Westwood. That is calling it close. Great, great match. DeChambeau closed with a 71, matching the low score of the final round in which no one broke 70 on Sunday at Bay Hill for the first time since 1980, 41 years ago. So, hey, Bryson's back in the uh, back in the big seat, big D. Did you see that shot he hit over the water? He was- hit a drive over the water that was three
0: hundred and eighty yards and he took dead aim and had no he had no doubt he was gonna land it. I mean, just no and he knew it as soon as it came off the club head. I mean, he like celebrated on the team, yeah. which I mean, <laughs> yeah. you do that, I might mean, as well. Yeah. Yep. Now, he's, he's fun to watch, man. He is he's a He's bulked up, he's a monster. He's a tank. Hey, big guy. Yeah. So so
3: that kinda holds your uh your your theory still intact, right there, Rick? Yeah. He wasn't leading a, nope. uh, on Friday or Saturday. Nope, but he's a all. head
0: case though. You know, yeah. he does all these numbers in his head as he's playing the game. He like he's got all these numbers running around in his head. Everything he does is by the numbers. What 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 irony hits, uh, the line he picks on the green, everything is he's like over analyzes like Yep. That's why you see him hit bad shots. He gets Sometimes he can't get back. He he gets so down and so frustrated because the numbers don't compute.
1: Doesn't he have an engineering degree?
0: I don't know that, but he might because he does everything like crazy numbers in his head, they say. Yeah.
1: Every one of his irons are the same length. Did you know that? Like, yeah, yeah, I did know that. That was part of, I think, his, his engineering degree. I think he said he found he get better
2: efficiency throughout his swing because of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. pretty the, crazy.
2: The only bad, better highlight of uh, than Bryson's shot over the lake was... Uh, Islanders, Matt Barzell, between the legs goal on Saturday against the Buffalo Sabres. It's one, one of the greatest the goals I've ever seen. Yes.
0: <laughs> I watched yes. it like nine times in slow motion <laughs> to figure out what he did. It was uh, – it was not unbelievable.
1: Just, how about getting past the the giant defenseman who was leaning on him and he had, yeah. uh, he kept his edges through that turn. He
2: said he's, he's got great edges. I, I texted Paul and I said, did you see that goal? He goes, filthy. That's what he replied <laughs> with. it. <laughs> and uh, So let's go to NASCAR. We got a lot of followers that love NASCAR. Cup Series continued in Vegas yesterday. Big D. Kyle Lawson wasn't sure if he'd ever race again in NASCAR and if he could, he didn't know who would even hire him. It was Rick Hendrick who took the chance on a driver many believe was Radioactive for sponsors. This is an AP report. L- Larson's use of a racial slur while participating in an online race last April cost him his job, his reputation, and his ability to track the corporations that fund a race team. Hendricks said he would pay for the car himself because he was that confident Larson, who comp- completed months of self-work, could be redeemed. On Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Larson raced to his first NASCAR victory since he was reinstated from a nearly year-long suspension. He ran just the first four races last season and was hired by Hendrick Motorsports when NASCAR said the suspension would lift at the start of this year. Thanks, Mr. H, for believing in me. Lawson radioed to his boss, Rick Hendrick, after crossing the finish line. Brad Keselowski of uh, Team Penske was second in a Ford and followed by hometown driver Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin in Toyotas for Joe Gibbs Racing. So, hey, congratulations to Kyle Lawson. Big, big win yesterday. He's back on track, and he's in the mix with the big boys and the big names once again. Uh, And let's go to the rodeo, you know I love the rodeo, PRCA Rodeo Friday night and Saturday night, the Parada del Sol, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Love, love Arizona. At the West World, um, round one results: bareback, Evan Bitani on Real Emotion, 86 and a half. Bull riding number one was Roscoe Jabo on Lucky Charm, and steer wrestling, Stephen Culling, 4.1 seconds. Team roping was Garrett Rogers and Jake Miner in 4.6 seconds, and the tie down was. Logan Bird in 7.9 seconds, and we can't forget the battle racing. Jamie Hinton came in at 17.6 seconds. One other rodeo, this is a big one, uh, had a $1 million total payout. This is the inaction over the weekend, American Rodeo, Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium. And in bareback, Tilden Hooper riding on gunfire, 90 and a half, took home $100,000. All these first place winners won hundred dollars Big money. Saddle Bronc, Rider right, on all or nothing, 91 and a quarter. Bull riding was Colton Fritzland safety meeting, 90 and a quarter. And Steer Wrestling, Jacob Talley, 3.9 seconds. Good number. And team roping, Eric Rogers and good old Peyton Bray. We've seen his name on, on the sheets a few times. Five seconds. And tie-down roping was Shane hanshey 7.7 seconds. 100 grand pro winner. Good stuff. We'll have a little more pro bull rider in the next segment, Big D. And I got a couple other. We got to recap the NBA finals and a big night in the UFC. We're going to hit that in the next segment.
0: The NBA f- NBA finals or all-star the NBA game? All-Star game. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I got finals in my head. NBA All-Star game, yeah. which I saw Steph Curry hitting half-court shots like they were um layups. Yeah. Insane. So, I saw a little <laughs> bit of the highlights, but it looked insane. Um all right, very good Rick. Thanks. Uh live from Studio 6B. More to do. We'll get into this HR1. Good article today. Uh, by joy pullman about the 15 most insane things in hr1 uh also i've got a thing from the heritage foundation uh that goes into the facts about hr1 and uh like i said harsani's piece from national review pelosi's hr1 is an authoritarian outrage so we'll get to some of that plus we'll talk inflation more news more sports more chat more to do live from studio 6b We're back with hour two right after this. Live from Studio Six B, Hour Two, on a Monday. Just getting the week started. Good first hour. Hour Two. Lots to do. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick Amorati's going to do more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Friend holding it down. We're going to get into this HR one, but let's go into the briefing room today, as we do every each and every show. It's becoming really the highlight of the show. I get more emails, and by the way, I get a lot of great recommendations from the audience obviously can't implement each one but I get a lot of good stories sent in from the audience lfs6b at yahoo.com now the live chat uh, live from studio6b.com is now live you can go there lfs uh, live from studio6b.com the website is up uh, still some tweaking to do over there but it's up now um, we get great stuff from the audience just fantastic stuff and one of the things they love. The most is going into the briefing room every day, G. So Jen Psaki is a legend in the field, is the title of today's briefing room. I can't imagine why. Let's roll it, G. Okay, here we go. Crank it up.
4: Um, it's a real privilege and honor for me to be able to uh, uh, lead this effort with Jen, who is a, a really... Uh, a, Legend in this field. Ah. Um,
5: sounds like we'll have to just look into it a little bit more and see what's required. But it's a good question. Um, okay. Um, I'll just note that Karine and I are wearing purple in honor of International Women's Day, and as part of his indoctrination into the women-dominated team, Chris is wearing a purple tie. So there you go. Saw that inauguration. Uh, I will note that um, the plan uh, that the Senate uh, passed this weekend, uh, some attention of course has been paid on the process, we understand that, but we can't lose sight of what the bill actually means for the American people, $1,400 checks uh, for 158.5 million Americans. Uh, Look at what we've been able to accomplish in the last six weeks. Uh, we're about to, he's on the verge of passing a historic relief bill. We rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement. We ended the discriminatory Muslim ban. Uh, he's met with members on both oh sides boy. of the aisle in the Oval, and he wants to continue to work on a bipartisan Basis. Uh, well, first we can reiterate that um, we will fight with every tool we have. Uh, Disinformation—we are certainly not new to, or we certainly familiar with, I should say—the uh, approach and tactics of Russian disinformation uh, efforts. Uh, there are the the, the uh, president's priorities oh are not a secret. God.
4: Um, on the on ARP, should we expect a signing ceremony tomorrow or sometime after the House passes it?
5: I expect once, uh, once w- we believe it's on the path to the president, of course, signing it, and I certainly would expect we'd take a moment to do that once it's done. And
3: there were some eight million people who were eligible but didn't get for the money. tax
5: for the tax for the, benefits. Well, for the fourteen
3: hundred dollar payments.
5: For the fourteen hundred dollar right. payments, it's a great question. I probably would have to talk to Treasury about their implementation mechanisms here uh, and how they they're able to reach those individuals. Well, his preference is not to make changes to the filibuster. Uh, 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 rules. Uh, certainly, Liar. that's in. Uh, those are policies that he supports.
0: If I've been vaccinated. Why can't they get on a plane?
5: Uh, I would encourage them to ask the CDC the questions. They are the ones who put together oh, those guidelines. God. We do not, uh, we yeah. were not involved in the sense of developing them or signing off on them. Of course, we receive regular briefings, but uh, you know, I would direct those questions to the CDC. Oh, sure. uh, I don't have any update on that, Josh. It's a good question, but we'll I'll have to right talk now. to our national security team and our COVID team about what that pr- approval process would look like. I'm not aware if that ask has actually been initiated yet. I don't think I have anything more for you on it. Because he served for 36 years, certainly doesn't hesitate to pick up the phone and have a conversation, whether it's something he agrees with, disagrees with. um, And that's something he's prone to do, even when it's not on his schedule for that day, just when it comes up and it's an ask somebody makes on the team. uh, There are a couple of factors that we uh, are uh, certainly our health team considers. Um, uh, I would say. uh, uh, I don't have anything more to to read out, out in terms of his specific concerns. Oh, sorry, the minimum wage you asked about. Uh, sorry, you asked a few things in there, so just trying to unpack them. No, it's, it's totally fine. Uh, uh, he's going to work with leaders in both in in the Democratic Party and and anyone who's interested in having this conversation about how to move it forward and the best uh the best vehicle moving that? forward. So that is a commitment. Before in the next few weeks, we will see him the Give take questions and follow-ups and so forth. Entire filibuster uh, no, I understand. I, I just don't have you know. He, I, he's not his his preference is not to make different changes to the to the rules um, uh, to the, to the filibuster rules. Well, can I come back? Because I just let me go ahead to the back. Um, and we understand um, that um, well. It, it's an ongoing discussion about, uh, 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 but we don't have any uh, update in terms of a date or timeline for that discussion. Yeah, he he has done about about forty Q and A's since he took office. But in terms of a, uh, a, a more more press conference, which I understand there's a big With focus his on, yes, have one the position maybe that's it. Exactly. And what does it mean going forward? Will we see more of President Biden? Um, more than forty Q and As in the last month, or Where he will be submitted to more what extensive Q&A's? questions, follow ups, the kind of thing we're doing today. Um, will, will we see him regularly? I don't know that you'll see him more than forty times a month, but I'll have to. What are you tell talking about? What is that? Forty, times, is a
0: that 40 wow. times a month? What is that answer? Well, forty times a month? Yeah, no, we don't. I don't think we I don't think we're going to see him forty times a month. I don't think somebody yelling a, a question at him, like "What did you learn today in the briefing?" says a lot, and walking out qualifies <laughs>
1: just, as Q and A. Yeah, I would love to cover in silly string, just like little, like on, on you know, on Halloween, you were a little kid with the shaving cream. So- God, this is enough.
0: Oh my God! I he- mean, talk about a non-committal answer.
3: Well, just talk about an outright lie. He hasn't he's done talk 40 QA's.
1: Both. He goes, I'm gonna talk she she goes, he's gonna talk to both sides, Well, he's gonna lead us in the Democratic Party and uh, anyone else who wants to talk. What, what is that?
0: I mean, in reality though, again, we say that in the next breath I think, what is she supposed to say? This guy cannot talk in complete no. sentences. She can't say that. She can't flat just say she can't no. Say that. So she's what can she say? She's got to say something ridiculously asinine like that because I, what can she say? She'd be better off just saying I like pizza. Next question.
1: I picture her like going off set and just screaming at everybody like Christian Bale, <laughs> like you know when he's in character and he loses his mind and you hear him on audio. I can picture be like somebody give me something to work with here.
0: Yeah, back back there before she comes out when she's going over the topics. Or the questions she's going to get asked, but I mean, to say he's done forty Q and As is is, is, is <laughs> the most laughable. But I mean, that's maybe forty total,
1: forty questions in, since he started campaigning. Maybe, <laughs> no, no, right? no, no. She, she's, she's
3: talking about the amount of questions. Like three reporters yelled out three questions. That's three Q and As right there.
0: Right, that but he didn't is, answer uh, any right. of them. Right, he didn't
3: answer any, but but he did it. Oh, okay. Their their view of, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They're beating us over the head with insanity, making us think, no, no, this is normal. We're, we're really out there. We're doing it. You know, we're answering questions. He's out there. He's talking to everybody. He's not talking. He can't even make a sentence. He's out of his tree. You'd be lucky if you could see him. I bet you he can't even tie a shoe anymore.
0: Well, he's going to have to get in the br- a briefing room at some point. I mean, even if they stall it or or try to push it, or I mean, no State of the Union, no press conference. We're six, seven weeks in here. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to get in front of a microphone for some substantial amount of time at some point, point. and they'll push it as long as they can because he can't
1: speak. So, what's our over under on uh, on him stepping down and? Kamala Harris uh, taking over.
0: Well, you guys are all much earlier than me. I think I was the longest. I said, um, I said the midterms. Yeah, I, I initially I said, said August first.
3: I said initially August first, and then I moved it last week uh, to June because I don't think he's going to make it out of out of June. And I think Paul's got it to about
0: what
1: this Friday. I got. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost my bet. Right, there. I said two days after the election. Now I'm going with up Fourth of July. Fourth of July.
0: Um, so she was also asked about what 's going on at the border which we which we oh it's five minutes long all right, so we 'll get to that at the bottom of the hour, but since we we talked a little bit about that, uh, I want to hear what she said today because what 's going on at the border is a self inflicted wound by this administration, and it 's a disaster um and again, this this Axios did a good job of laying it out. On this chain migration and these kids coming here first knowing the policy of this administration. Um and like Rick was asking me how long they're holding them, back to the Axios piece here, for the week ending March 1st, the average of 174 children were released from HHS custody every day that was up from a weekly average of 90 almost double in late january early february according to the documents but the number of migrants held in border patrol custody longer than three days has been steadily rising nearly um each day according to additional documents reviewed by axios kids and teens caught crossing the border without legal guardians are being held In Border Patrol facilities for more than three days uh, for an average of 77 hours, as CNN first reported. This week, DHS Secretary uh, Mayorkas insisted the current situation is not yet a crisis. It's clear the number of children crossing the U.S.-Mexico border could fast overwhelm government systems, some, some very similar to the crises of 2014 in 2019. And it's just, um, it's, it's so ironic to think about what's going on at the border and to go back to when these caravans were starting to become part of the nomenclature and President Trump held a press briefing, speaking of holding them, as he always did, in the White House. And who was it that got up and acted like the jackass that he is over caravans, saying that this is not a real problem. Everything the president said, he said, no, it's not. And then that's finally when the president said to that dumbass Jim Acosta, that's enough of you. And the girl came over and tried to take the mic from him. And, of course, he pushed her away, if you remember that moment. And he said, excuse me, that was all about caravans. That was all about exactly what's going on now at the border. As Jim Acosta told us that it was not a problem, and these were make believe, and they're not coming here, and there's no such thing as caravans coming here, and kids coming here, and everything we're seeing now at the border, (laughs) everything we're seeing in the last six, seven, eight weeks here, is everything he told us wasn't wasn't happening, and everything President Trump told us was happening, everything, and President Trump tried to act as quickly as he could, despite all of the backlash from the media and everybody else saying that this was a, he was making it up basically, that this wasn't anything to worry about. And the same media now doesn't want to report on it. Doesn't want to report on it. Doesn't want to go there. Doesn't want to report on it. So it's just, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, there are so many things here that you got to start sounding the alarm bells about Look at what's going on at the pump. Look what's going on at the border. Look what's going on with all this gender stuff. Look what's going on in these schools. There's no reopening plan still. All right, 13 past the hour. We'll get into more of this HR1, more news, more sports when we get back right after this. 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Time to do some news, and then we'll jump into this. Um, some of this HR1 at the bottom of the hour. But here with the news, uh, is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well,
1: this is interesting. Iranian backed militia claims it has sleeper cells in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, according to Just the News, amid new cultural offerings in Iran pa- uh, praising the life and works of the assassinated Kud uh, Force Commander uh, Qasem Soleimani, the Tehran-backed militia wrote on social media that it maintained secret cells inside Washington, D.C. and other American cities. Yeah, named John Kerry. That's true. That's, uh, <laughs> do we need to fact check that? Uh, Resistance cells are rooted even in America and its capital, the militia posted last week on Telegram, according to the Middle East uh, Research Institute, which monitors threats of terrorism and jihad. Uh, The militia posted a warning on March 2nd uh, using a network uh, used by the Iranian militia sympathizers, uh, and I can't pronounce the name of the Khwatharoun electronic team. So uh, that's, uh, we have that to look forward to. Uh, in a segment directed at Israel, the Post links uh, its threats to the death of Soleimani and, its, and his cohorts who were killed in 2020 by an American drone strike. So the Pentagon said last year that the powerful commander was killed while he was in the process of planning to attack America uh, and American service members and diplomats. And uh, so I guess it's Trump's fault again. Okay. All right. That's it. That's it for news? No, I, there's one more here uh FBI's cozy relations, uh, relationships with reporters often backfire, ending with inaccurate scandal stories. This is a few weeks after Donald Trump won the White House. Senior officials inside the FBI had their latest heartburn about the news media's coverage of the uh, burgeoning Russian collusion controversy and the lingering Hillary Clinton email scandal. The bureau had recently terminated his primary, uh, primary informant In the Russia probe, according to Chris Steele, leaking and uh, several of his leads about Russia-Trump collusion were falling apart. And inaccurate stories about the two biggest scandals in Washington were cropping up everywhere, even when the FBI tried to work, you know, with reporters.
0: Yeah, I saw this. um, I saw John Solomon on with um, Maria Bartiromo saying that there is a break in the Durham case. Did any of you guys see this? No, I read about it. Though. He was on with Maria, and she said, He said there's some break that I guess some former Comey or Rosenstein official is now working with Durham, and that they are actively pursuing and may very well be close to filing criminal charges in this case. Which I think would come as a well quite frankly, a big surprise, although not to Mr. Solomon, he has been steadfast in saying that everybody who's claiming Durham's just another you know snooze fest here has is, is been wrong about it. And of course, people got thrown off when a week or two ago he announced he was um, stepping down, but he was uh, that step down was not as. Independent, that was only from his job in Connecticut. Right. Which I think a lot of people got wrong, including myself, the first time I read it. So it was not him stepping away from his current role as special counsel. It was him stepping down as a federal prosecutor in Connecticut. So Mr. Solomon has been right on this, saying, no, 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 no. This isn't, from my reporting, this is an active and busy investigation that is heading um down the road.
4: Yeah, and again a few
3: months ago people thought it was going to start winding up when one of his top lieutenants um stepped away and took another job, but it turns out from what, you know, what we understand, also a couple weeks later after that he was expanding, he was bringing more attorneys in. So, you know, who knows where this is going to lead. Hopefully we'll get more than a Kevin Kleinsmith And we'll see more of the, uh, because they're all out there. The Clappers, the Brennans, the Comeys. They've all talked about what they've done. Like it's no big deal. And they they just, and right now they're celebrating because, well, they got the White House. So now they can kill everything. I, I think they feel like they're emboldened by all this. And hopefully, hopefully Durham proves them wrong.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But that's Mr. Solomon's reporting as of, I believe, that was today he was on with her, I saw, or maybe over the weekend. But um, says that they, we may be getting closer to some criminal charges being filed by John Durham. And boy, won't it be interesting to see who's first, if there is. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's, a, it's an
3: FBI, former FBI higher up. That's what I heard. But they wouldn't name names, of course.
0: Now, they have to get approval from the Biden Department of Justice, and hopefully not Biden himself, because he may not remember that there he has a Department of Justice after his performance today that I saw. <laughs> he can barely remember um, who the people are running these departments and what departments they're running. And if you don't believe me, here's another version today, number two of crazy town. Uh, this is the Joe Biden version. Roll it, G. Well, the Biden one, I don't know. The one that he, um, the, one the way, first one, Doug, thanks to Guy. A That's puppet, kind of the setup I gave it. So let's, <laughs> let's see that.
6: General Jacqueline Van o- o- Ovest. Oh. And, uh, and join General Van Overhorst as the only four-star as another four-star general. He uh, is uh, reiterated in an interview this last week, and I'm the second person to say this, it's hard to be what you can't see. What? It's hard to be what you can't see. Oh. But you'll soon see. What? She flew to, in support of combat, um, combat missions, and, uh, and <laughs> conducting lift operations of her UE-1, the so-called UE, creating maternity <laughs> flight suits <and> updating <laughs> uh, know, requirements mean, for <laughs> the hairstyles. Come on. And Sullivan is going to take an, uh, you know, an, an, an intensity. Come in on. That they can oh completely, my God. fairly in, engage in promotion, compete Stop. all across the board, including on the, uh, you know, that both <laughs> members of the, uh, of the... Uh, is this uh, an SNL of, skit? Of the military, uh, <laughs> General, couples can thrive while serving. I want to thank you for getting me off a mountain. It was about 12 to 14,000 feet up on a goat path when our <laughs> helicopter went down in a snowstorm. What? It's good what? to see you, General. <laughs> the ride down that mountain was more perilous in the truck than it was in the helicopter, but thank you. <laughs> you and why it. he stepped up independent review, co- he set up an independent review commission on sexual assault I want to thank General Van Ovost. Just oh, oh, so want to thank you both, and I want to thank the sec- the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my, my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about.
1: The signer finished off. See the signer. The signer finished off with her hands like this. She's like, she was the. um, The signer had no,
0: absolutely no clue what to do. Quit. The guy over there who runs that outfit. That would would be the Department of Defense.
1: The guy would be. We pay the fault where he's talking about his little secretary
0: of defense Lloyd Austin that
1: you put
0: up for confirmation. (sighs)
1: Good lord! Oh man! Wow! And people said Trump was an embarrassment around the, the world. Was laughing at our President Trump. Yeah. Good wow. lord! They're crying over this guy. We've got Mister Magoo staggering
3: through a speech. <laughs> he can't connect. He his brain synapses they're
0: we, not, they're not firing. We have to go back through that gene. We got to turn the volume up because it's yeah. just that didn't do it justice. How?
1: I yeah. mean, we got to come back. Oh, moly!
0: 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Just getting the week started. Glad you're in, Paul. Do some more news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amarati's going to do more sports. Geo Fran holding it down. Um, so let's get into this HR1 thing here. Um, and I think this is the most concise article I've seen about it, other than the um, the facts about HR1 that the Heritage Foundation put out. But that's a little more extensive and a little more long. Uh, Joy Pullman from uh, put this out today, 15 insane things in the Democrats' H.R. 1 bill to corrupt elections forever. On Wednesday, House Democrats passed an 800-page bill that would mandate insecure voting processes and subject voting tallies to partisan manipulation. It's a slap in the face to the half of Americans Including many Democrats who believed the 2020 election was riddled with fraud and errors, largely due to the rapid expansion of mail in balloting and other suspensions of state election laws. Quote, it is difficult to imagine a legislative proposal more threatening to election integrity and voter confidence, uh, wrote 20 Republican attorney generals in a, in a Thursday letter. About the ridiculously named "For the People's Act" 2021, or better known as HR1, Democrats have made the bill their top priority. Well, of course, why not? Uh, if we can, um, if we can forever change the way we're going to vote in this country, so they're in power forever, why wouldn't you make it your uh, priority? Um, they've made it their top priority this Congress to permanently cement their current unified control of the federal government. And that's exactly what it is. No more, no less. That is exactly what it is. They don't have to worry about getting any pushback from the courts, as we can see once again today, as the Supreme Court once again decides not to do their job and act in this Wisconsin thing. And um, at this point, I think it's, you could safely say that uh, brett kavanaugh is a disaster and unfortunately amy coney barrett so far is a disaster two people that you went to the mat for as conservatives and um have not yet shown up on any level to uphold and defend the constitution at all especially in this election but that's for another day the bill would, among other things, implement nationwide the worst changes in election rules that occurred during the 2020 election, go even further in eroding and eliminating basic security protocols that states have in place and interfere with the ability of states and their citizens to determine the qualifications and eligibility of voters, ensure the accuracy of voter registration rolls, secure the fairness and integrity of elections, and participate and speak freely in the political process. H.R. 1 broadcasts Democrats' goals for unending electoral dominance through openly rigged voting processes. It would engineer an unconstitutional federal takeover of state elections for national office. No surprise, then, that Joe Biden says he will sign this legislation if it reaches his desk, of course. Here are just some of the unconstitutional, absurd, nakedly partisan and crime-assisting provisions in the bill that 220 House Democrats voted for and every House Republican voted against. Number one, openly breaks the Constitution. As uh, As the attorney generals noted... Quote, under both the election clause of Article 1 of the Constitution and the electors' clause of Article 2, states have principle and with presidential elections exclusive responsibility to safeguard the manner of holding elections. This bill would instead unconstitutionally give Congress uh, primary over state elections in numerous ways. Yet the Constitution expressly affords the states, not Congress, the power to determine how presidential electors are selected, mandating mail-in voting, requiring states to accept late, late ballots, overriding state voter ID laws, and mandating that states conduct redistricting through unelected commissions, all violate states' constitutional authority in conducting elections. And upon hearing that, You would say, well, that that seems like um, this is going to end up in the maybe the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, here's the problem. It already did. And they didn't act. Because everything I just read you is exactly what happened in Pennsylvania. With the Secretary of State, the governor, um, the election boards, and then it went to the rogue Supreme Court, and then it went to the Supreme Court, and none of them acted. They kicked the can down the road. And the, and the federal and the state constitution of Pennsylvania are violated in this Act 77. And that's the problem. As we said then, this is a new floor that we've ushered in for voting, and now they're trying to cement it.
1: Boy, they are trying to pick a fight, aren't they?
0: Not really. Well, who's, who are they fighting? Who are they, who's pushing back? Where where are they getting pushback? They're not getting in the in the in the lower courts, they're not getting in the district courts, they're not getting it at the Supreme Court. Yeah, to have to pick a fight, someone's gotta be willing to fight. And the people with the ability to fight are not fighting. State legislatures did nothing. They tried to afterwards. It's good that Georgia's doing it now. Whoop de-doo. The Supreme Court Two of the nine judges decided that they'd even hear the case. Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, nothing. A Gorsuch, three. So three decided that they would even hear it. Not that they would even rule in the... Uh, and none of them gave Texas standing. And none of them gave... Uh, we were, we were, had latches and we had standing in Pennsylvania for representative, um, Mike, um, I can't remember his last name. I want to say Fisher. I know it's not Fisher. Um, but his, his suit about act 77, they said, no, 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 you don't have standing yet. It hasn't happened after it happened. They said, no, no, you're too late. Well, how do you ever get to court then? And then it goes to the Supreme court and they don't act. Number two, set up star chambers to intimidate judges. Well, they've already intimidated the most important (laughs) judges. That's in the Supreme Court. We know that for a fact. Pretty much. John Roberts is more worried about how he's viewed in the New York Times and the Washington Post than he is in doing his job, and it's rubbed off on the other ones. There's almost, well, I don't want to say no doubt, but it seems that way to me. The bill would establish a commission to protect democratic institutions that would have the power to force judges to testify before a panel of unelected federal bureaucrats. According to the bill on page 389, the commission or any member or subcommittee of the commission may, quote, hold hearings and sit and act at such times and places, such take such testimony, receive such evidence, and administer such oaths as the commission considers advisable. This commission would be given the authority to compel judges to testify and justify their legal decisions. Now, think think about this. (laughs) Threatening their independent judgment and subjecting them to political pressure and harassment.
3: That is insanity. Complete and utter insanity. Okay, so you're the judge. Your job is to weigh the evidence and make a decision. Well, now you're going to be questioned by a counsel. Who knows who? Uh, But if it's been... uh, It could be that guy running that
0: outfit over there, who uh, decides he wants a question. What? What? What world are we living in? The world of the Democrats, no checks and balances, and again, the Democratic Party becomes the government. That's the world we're living in, the world where they hold all three um, chambers here, and they can ram through. As I've, as we've said for six months on this show, they can ram through every piece of legislation they can. And then they'll go after the courts. After that, they'll go after the filibuster. I don't care what stupid says in the briefing room every day. Of course, he's interested in getting rid of the filibuster. Now, whether he can or not, will be up to Joe Manchin and maybe Kristen cinema. But of course, he's interested in it. They're interested in, in eviscerating the founding of this country and the principles of this country, whether it comes to the filibuster, whether it comes to the courts, whether it comes to separation of powers, whether it comes to checks and balances, due to those separation of powers, it's all gone. It all stands in their way. And if it stands in their way, they will either burn it down or do whatever they have to do. Now That's if, the world we're living in. Now, what
3: about the states' rights?
0: Don't, don't the states actually, aren't they in charge of their elections? Well, I just read you the first thing. I mean, I just literally read the paragraph saying that they're going to eviscerate the state's ability to oversee these things right, in this HR one,
3: but does that open that up for at least okay? Let's take this to the Supreme Court because well, it, it's in the Constitution that the
0: states run it. Well, how did that work out for the election? Yeah, because it's in there that they run that too. Yeah, but you would think you would think some of these states
1: would fight back. Well, Texas did. How did it go? The answer is not good. Yeah. Number
0: three, mandate mail-in ballots, 10-day delay in results. Rather than reject the 2020 electoral chaos caused by bureaucrats suspending state election laws to further unreliable mail-in voting and suspend legal deadlines for mailed ballots, H.R. 1 would mandate this electoral chaos forever. The bill mandates universal mail-in balloting and requires states to wait 10 days after the election, for any outstanding tranches of ballots to be suddenly discovered in Democratic-run strongholds. Oops, I mean, uh, allow all ballots to arrive. The Heritage Report notes that no-fault absentee ballots are the tool of choice for voter thieves. Besides a recipe for chaos and partisan election manipulation, this is totally unconstitutional. The attorney generals note that the uh, the exclusivity of state power to define the method of choosing president. Well, who cares? I mean, this is all, this all was on the, uh, on the, um, the board, the chopping block this election, and the, and the Supreme Court did nothing. Kicked a can down the road. So who's to believe they're going to act now if this was to get passed and then challenged? Why would it be any different? Almost all of these things happened in this election, which is the point, which is the point, which is what we said. In October, on this show. Yeah, which is why. If this is allowed to stand, we've now ushered in a new floor for voting in this country.
3: Yeah, which is why they're trying to forcibly, you know, concrete this stuff in so it can't be changed.
0: Number four, eliminate voter ID election security. Perhaps the most egregious is the act's limitations on voter ID laws. Fairly considered, requiring government-issued photo identification at the polls represents nothing more than a best practice. After a brief overview of the history of bipartisan support for voter ID laws, the letter continues. Voter ID law remains popular with 35 states requiring some form of document personal identification at the polls. Yet this act would dismantle meaningful voter ID laws by allowing a statement as a substitute for prior issued document backed identification to attest to the individual's identity. Yeah, I got a doctor's note. I am who I say I am. Don't worry that the individual is eligible to vote in the election. To the hour live from Studio Six B.
2: Uh, time to do sports. Then we'll do some news with Paul right after. Uh, here with sports is Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? Okay, BD, A couple of uh, NCAA finals just in uh, University of North Carolina Greensboro beat Mercer sixty-nine to sixty-one. That's a final. And uh, Kansas uh, beat Ryder seventy-six to seventy. Also, uh, App State over Georgia State eighty to seventy-three. And Drexel just underway against Northeastern, 7-4. Gonzago is all over St. Mary's, 40-24. That's late um, first half. NHL action. A couple of more games in action. Uh, right now, the Wilds still leading the Golden Knights, 1-0 after 2. Coyotes lead the Avalanche, 2-0 after 1. Blues over the Sharks in the first. And Senators are uh, tied 1-1 with the Oilers. NBA action last night. No, it wasn't the finals. It was the NBA All-Star Game, the 2020-2021 version. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, perfect in Team LeBron win, NAB's NBA All-Star Game MVP. This is from Tim Bontemps of ESPN. Thanks to a perfect 16-for-16 16 16 performance from the field, including banking in multiple jump shots, uh, Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis won his first NBA All-Star Game Most Valuable Player Award as Team LeBron caroosed to a 170-150. to 140 victory over Team Durant on Sunday night in Atlanta. In a game team LeBron controlled from start to finish, it was uh, Antetokounmpo who finished with a game-high 35 points, Curry 28 points and 8 three-pointers, and Lillard 32 points and the game-sealing three-pointer from probably about 45 feet out, uh, who led the way. The three fought for the MVP trophy down to the end with Giannis ultimately winning it. Golden State Warriors Steph Curry won the NBA three-point contest. Indiana Pacers DeMantis Sabonis uh, takes the skill challenges. Curry won his second three-point contest while Indiana paces forward. Sabonis out the Orlando Magic's Nikola Vukovic in the final round of the skills challenge prior to Sunday's NBA All-Star Game. Curry scored 28 points in the final round of the three-point contest, nailing the last money ball shot worth two points to beat Utah Jazz guard Mike Conley's total of 27. Good matchup. And uh, Portland's Anthony Simmons was all smiles as he became the first Trailblazers player to win the NBA dunk contest, which took place during halftime of Sunday night's game last night. Uh, Simmons bested rookies Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks and Cassius Stanley of the Indiana Pacers to bring home the trophy, which Simmons called a dream come true. So, real good game. Uh, and the judges last night for the, the contest was good old Dominique Wilkins, who won in an 85 and 90. Remember Spud Webb, all five seven of them. Uh, he won it in 1986. D Brown, Jason Richardson, and Josh Smith. Good game last night. But it was uh, a lot of fun in the NBA All Star game. They pulled it off. And last Saturday night. Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Great card. Light heavyweight championship. Um, We had Jan Blakhovis versus um, Adesanya, which was Israel Adesanya, uh Adesanya. Tough fight for Adesanya. A lot of people thought he was going to win. He was the favorite, but Bukovic uh, took, the, took the decision. He was just too big and too strong. He won 49-46 and 49-45 and 49-5, uh, respectively, on both uh, the judges' cards. Adesanya fell to 20-1, and one, and uh, he was a uh, minus-240 240 favorite, Big D, but he didn't pull it out. A good, good card. Um, I we also whole, had Amanda Nunez. Yeah,
0: I watched the whole thing. He never looked like he was—I mean— Sonya, too- for as good as he is, looked like stepping up in weight class. He was just too light. Kind yeah. of took, uh, took the energy out of his
2: uh, wind, out of his sails, as they say. No question. And with the ladies, uh, Amanda Nunes, who's probably uh, pound for pound, the greatest lady fighter there is in the game, uh, she right uh, defended her belt. She was a minus 1,100 favorite. She <laughs> <defended>. took care of the match, overmatched uh, Megan Anderson.
0: <laughs> she kind of like, okay, match is over. Peak was
2: on though. You got that, Alger? Yep, with an on bar submission there, she uh, tapped out at two oh three of the first round. Uh, so good card. It Sterling. I was hoping he was really going to win that fight. I love the kid. He's
1: my son's gym.
0: Did you think he was winning at the time? No. Oh, I did. You thought Aljamain
1: was winning? I did. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was he down when He got a gas, though. I thought he was, he need, gas, right? though. he thought he was winning, was, or I guy- thought it was very close. Both guys were so classy at the end. Aljamain, right. Good kid, by the way, he's from my hometown. Yeah, uh, really nice kid. Said uh, he said, "Look, I don't want to win that way. I want to give him another shot." And the other guy was like, "I'm, you know, sorry for this cheap shot." I thought you were allowed to knee a guy in the head if
2: he had two no. points of content. Yeah, no. no, right in the temple too. No. Um, and switching gears, we're going to go over to the pro bull riders. Three points deep. of content. Um, Abilene Touring Pro Division, Abilene, Texas, Taylor County Expo Center. Over the weekend, uh, this is from PBR's Justin Felisco of PBR Pro Bull Riders. Mason Taylor went two for two to win the Touring Pro Division event held during the ABBI Spring Fling in Abilene, Texas. This past Friday and Saturday night, the 21-year-old earned the victory after his two rides aboard Ranch Water 89 points and hashtag 87 points on Friday night held up as the best aggregate score among 90 entries during the two-day event. So, Paul Bru- Bull Riders is, uh, is alive and kicking, Big D. Big, big time. And Cooper Davis is still number one. I'm checking those <laughs> rankings every night. You're not going to catch me off guard again <laughs> on that. Promise you that. Ask me who number three is, and I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> number four. <laughs> and just one more, Big D. Let's not forget, March 8th, 1970, 50 years ago tonight, in the Madison Square Garden, it was the fight of the century. Ali Frazier won. Frazier defeated Ali in a unanimous decision as he knocked Ali to the canvas in the 15th round, that was the biggest fight of this century, biggest fight of its time. Frank Sinatra couldn't even get a ticket ringside. He had to get in as a Life magazine photographer. He got a press pass just for that. That's how hot a card that was in the garden 50 years ago tonight. Ali Frazier won, and that's a wrap in sports. All
0: right, thanks, Rick. Um, all right, G, one more time. Let's get the volume up a little bit on this so we can get a full understanding of what this idiot's trying to say here. So this is Crazy Town. Joe Biden today was speaking at whatever event this is. Not only did he forget the, his own Department of Defense, that there was one, he forgot who his nomination was to run it. Of course, that would be Lloyd Austin. Here's Biden today. Roll it. Now, just listen to this guy.
6: General Jacqueline Van Ovest. And, uh, and joined General Van Overst as the only four-star, as another four-star general. He uh, is uh, reiterated in an interview this last week, and I'm the second person to say this, it's hard to be what you can't see. It's hard to be <laughs> what you can't see, but you'll soon <laughs> see. She flew the to the support of combat, um, combat missions. And uh, and conducting lift operations over U.E. One, the so-called U.E., creating maternity flight suits, updating uh, updating requirements for their hairstyles, and some of it is going to take and you know an an intensity, and that they can completely fairly engage in promotion, compete all across the board, including. On the, uh, you know, that both members of the, uh, of the, uh, of, of, of the of the military uh, couples can thrive while serving. I want to thank him for getting me off a mountain it was about twelve to fourteen thousand feet up on a goat path, and our helicopter went down in a snowstorm. It's good to see you, General. The ride down that mountain was more perilous in the truck than it was in the helicopter, but thank you. And why he stepped up. Independent review. Co- he set up an independent review commission on sexual Stepped assault. Up, I want to up, thank General Van Ovis, uh, o- 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 so I Just want to thank you both, whatever. and I want to thank the, sec- the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy Defense. who runs that outfit over there. <laughs> he runs that outfit. Uh, I want to make sure <laughs> we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just Defense. talked about. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Most votes ever. That's the what, uh, Secretary of Defense
0: <laughs> at the Department of Defense.
1: <laughs> Joey GT, daft most daft votes daft ever. ever. Right. Joey GT on social media, I'm with you. Most votes ever. That guy. He ever. said he yeah, got rescued
0: sure. off a mountain. He was 14,000 feet up. Is that what he said? Yeah, on a yeah. goat path. And it's no Right,
1: because his paper-thin skin would just disintegrate.
0: As always, we salute our military active and active Police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, man. Thanks, everybody, on this show. Uh, Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thanks to you, to Live from Studio 6B audience. I'll be in Washington tomorrow night. I'm going to go over and see Jen Pisaki in the briefing room, see if I can get in, ask a few questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good luck.
0: (laughs) Get get 40 questions in. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Back with you in 22. We'll see you tomorrow night at 8.